The Lions sink their teeth into the Knights. The Sharks sink their teeth into Dandy City. And Dandy Thunder sink Green Gully with a late bicycle kick. And we sink our teeth into the mid-season review. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Match Week 13 episode of the Semi-Pro Potty. Good evening, Branson Gibson. How are you? This evening and every evening of the last week, are you well? I'm doing very well, mate. I'm good to be, uh, not good to be here, glad to be here yeah. even, and I am doing well. Uh, excited to be here. I like the intro. Uh, I'm looking forward to sinking a cup of water as we do this podcast. I was going to say a beer, but then haven't got a beer. You've got a cup of tea. That's right. Yeah, no, I think, to be honest with you, I think we're both a bit, it's a Monday. It's been a real Monday today, yes. and I'm just... I'm limping into the finish line here. I've got a cup of tea. That'll pick me up a bit. You dislike warm beverages because you're a I monster. <laughs> uh, I uh, also apologies straight off the, the top of the podcast, mate. I have uh, lost my voice for uh, reasons we will get into later in the podcast. Had quite a wild, quite a shouty Saturday night. So I'm a little bit husky. You and I today. were both watching Eurovision. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Great shout. Great shout. Um, mate, yeah, a little bit husky, but very excited to talk about the NPL Victoria, mate. What a massive weekend we had. Some huge fixtures, and we are now halfway through the season. So it gives us a great opportunity to take a look at everything that's happened so far and really uh, start to see who's where and, uh, you know, get a good read on the season, mate. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's always amazing when we um, get to milestones in the season because it proves that we've got longevity, Bran. We, I think yep. we've only missed one mm-hmm. podcast this season, one week mm-hmm. this season. So, man, we were at the halfway point. You know, started at the bottom and we're still just mildly elevated above the bottom. But <laughs> we're not going to be looking at the bottom of the NPL table to start with. We're going to be looking up the pointy end. Bran, there was a ripper set of fixtures, mainly between Avondale, Heidelberg, Bentley and South Melbourne for that sort of top pointy end of the table. Both finished in a draw. You had a look at Avondale 1, Heidelberg 1. Talk us through it, mate. Well, this was an interesting fixture. Lots on the line. A win for Avondale would have been huge. Would have seen them open a, a, a big gap up on top of the league. But a win for Heidelberg would have seen them go top as well. So plenty on the line. This one was a one-all draw. The first half was a lot of sort of what you expected from Heidelberg. They were quite physical. I thought Avondale did pretty well to match them in terms of uh, of physicality, which is always a tough task for them because I feel like Heidelberg, sorry, when you think of Avondale, you sort of think free-flowing, uh, they try to play football when Heidelberg are a little bit more disruptive, and that's really seemed to bother Avondale in the past. Uh, so I thought that Avondale did a good job for the most part to uh, withstand that. So, yeah, I was impressed by that. Avondale, though, they took the lead in the first half. Stefan Zinni scored. He uh, blasted the ball home to give the Avengers the 1-0 lead that they carried into the break. I thought they were good value. 
for the lead. I thought they were the better of the two sides overall across the first half. Second half, though, early chances for Avonale. Sort of a little bit of a, a story of missed opportunities when it comes to uh, to their game. They, I think it was um, Utah Towns had a big, uh, sorry, a big chance from a free header at the back post. Zinni had a shot that he blasted over the bar. It's uh, a bit of a trend that we saw across the MPL Victoria this weekend, mate. But uh, Avondale was sort of made to pay for their waywardness in front of goal. Rory Bryan, who has been fantastic for Avondale since taking over the number one job, he's made a number of huge saves that have uh, either kept them in games or kept them in the lead. He had a moment he's going to want to forget on the weekend. There was a uh, a header back from Brandon Lenny to him. Uh, to be fair, the header took him out to the edge of the box, the very edge, so Rory Bryan had to run out, uh, tried to keep it from going out for a corner, so he sort of like dives and slides to try to keep it in play. As he does that, he loses his grip on the ball, so he ends up tapping it in. Adrian Zara for Heidelberg's right there. He pounces, whisks it away from Rory Bryan's hands, runs in and just blasts the ball into a wide-open empty net. That's what brought Heidelberg level. An unfortunate way for Avondale to concede, I thought. But then from there, it was Heidelberg who were the better of the two sides, in my opinion, mate. They looked more dangerous. They were able to build that pressure. They seemed like the team that was more likely to go on and claim the winning goal. I didn't think either side had a massive clear-cut, should-have-won-the-game moments. It seemed like both sides were sort of not content, but... uh reluctant to go all out in search of a winner. So a one-all draw in the end, I thought was fair. I think Avondale, again, as I said, would be annoyed in the way in which they conceded, but Heidelberg, uh, you know, good value, and they were a bit unlucky not to go on and get a winner, mate. But yeah, one-all draw. Could have been more. Could have been more for both sides, but I think it was a fair representation of this game. What did you think, mate? Um, I thought that Avondale had maybe turned a point in terms of their form, particularly in the South Melbourne game, and they were going to start to put in those really commanding performances and I guess show what we know that they're all capable of, which is probably some of the more exciting dynamic play within the league. But they have kind of returned back to, and it must be said, they've been held by a good Heidelberg side, and Heidelberg is normally a pretty big bogey team for them. But, yeah, it was kind of a little bit... I was probably more disappointed in Avondale because of how well they played against South to then go back to their form of maybe three to four games ago where, yeah, they're getting points. They're just not putting in those stellar performances that I think would cement them at the pointy end, very top of the table, the team to beat kind of mantle. Like, I think they are get-outable and that performance shows that, yeah, look, I mean, Rory Bryan's mistake you can read into it as much as you like but he's won them many points this season so it doesn't in any way reflect poorly on him I just think Mm. Avondale uh, will get to it when we do the gradings for mid-season report but mm, they're not impressing me as much as I think that they could given the squad that they have yeah and I think on the whole when you look at Heidelberg away to go there and get a draw is a good result considering as you said, like Heidelberg always beat Avondale. I think they've won something like seven of their last, oh, sorry, Avondale have only beat Heidelberg once in their last eight games or whatever. Heidelberg always beat them. And another chance that 
Heidelberg has as well, sorry. John Roberts hit the crossbar. I forgot to mention that in the second half. So that was the best chance for either side to take the lead. But points were shared, mate. But there was another massive, massive, massive game on the Saturday Ooh, night. Three massives. Shit. Well, it was. It was uh, the red hot Bentley Greens taking on South Melbourne. Top top of the table was uh, was on the line here, mate. What happened in this one? Yeah, you're absolutely right in saying that it's a red, red, white, white, red, hot, every other colour of hot Bentley blue. green storming into this one Is against a pretty Sorry, good mate. South Melbourne. What was that? <laughs> Just... <laughs> I'm going to stop talking, man. I was still, I thought it was still on what, what color is hot and what color is not, but carry on. I'm going to just white. I've never seen a lavender fire before, but maybe lavender is a fire. Who knows? Uh, Mauve, not a fire color. Um, look, Bentley, hot, south, not is the intro I'm giving to this one. And big fixture, really, really big fixture. And, to be honest with you, mate, it was South that had the way better start. They looked so dangerous, dynamic, fast-paced. They gave Bentley zero respect, which I think is always good to see in a team. Um, South Melbourne had three to four, maybe even five good chances in the opening 20 minutes, which is what made the next event the most shocking thing, which was Bentley taking a 1-0 lead after 20 minutes. Um a lovely strike from Pierce Waring gave Bentley the lead. There was a ball that was sort of lofted into the box from out wide, headed back into the 18-yard line pretty much, and just hit it very sweetly. You can argue it's a stable height, but it's one of those ones that hits so well at the right part of the goal that it goes in. Um, and that was an absolutely cracking goal. But even that, rest of the half was just dominated by South. They just looked the better team, weirdly enough. Second half, Bentley, they were the much better team. Um, and then in the 63rd minute, probably against the run of play at that stage, a penalty to South Melbourne would be slotted away by Yankovic. And that would be the goal that would get them back into the game. But there was late drama in this one. We are so accustomed to seeing it in the NPL. But in the 86th minute, there was a red card for Bentley Greens. And the free kick that ensued from that challenge was an absolute ripper free kick from Henry Hoare that hit the upright. Keeper beaten would have been a ripper goal to win it for Souths. And you think, well, that's some pretty high-quality, high-octane late drama. Not even it. Up the other end, Bentley hit the crossbar from close range. Looks like it may have bounced over the line. Referee waves it away, says that it didn't. So both teams would share the points. Both teams had... Excellent chances in the dying minutes that went agonizingly close to going over the line or hitting the upright. Um, uh, but yeah, look, both teams would have to share the points. Uh, first dropped points for Bentley in five matches. And I say five matches only because the fixture list in Google search results only shows me the results for the last five matches. So it could be more than five matches. But needless to say, there were five green dots Um last week and now there's a grey dot at the front of it so that's stats from William Chambers locker room there um, Souths have now not won in three games that one's easier to tell based off of the green red and grey dots from Google search results but Bran colour coding results aside do you think that's a good 
point for Souths to get against a white-hot Bentley? Or should Bentley have taken three points against a stuttering Souths? That's a very good question. I think it's both, to be honest. Can I just say, I think this was one of the games of the season we've seen so far in terms of entertaining football, both teams going at it, great chances. Uh, my two cents, the ball, the the shot that you're saying for Bentley that looked like it went over the line, it looked like it went over the line. Yeah, right. Me. Like, really looked like it went over the line. Yeah, and, like, I get, what is it, like, the camera angle can be deceptive and, and all that sort of stuff, but from the broadcast, it... It looked like it did. The referee, to his credit, waved it away straight away. Don't know how good of a view the linesman had, but it looked to me like it went over. Yeah, I quite liked as well that it's um, it's one of those weird ones where even if the ball bounces out, like the spin off of it is what makes it bounce out. So you can't be like, yeah. oh, it bounced out, which means it didn't cross the line. Mm. But it did look like a goal, but also it did look close, and I kind of like in this bullshit VAR age that we live in, is that if it wasn't clear and obvious, like it didn't clearly look like the ball was over the line. It looks like the ball was over the line, but it also could have not been. Referee just goes, you know what, I'm not even going to get into this discussion of millimetres and inches and centimetres. Let's just say it doesn't look clear enough. I'm not going to give it. Yep, yep. And I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that as well. I think, yeah, anyway. So to get back to your question, I I don't know. I think it's both because I think... South Melbourne, the thing that I liked about them was some of the criticism is they don't play a very exciting brand of football. They just sort of sit back, they score one goal, and they'll win one nil, and they will not concede. So what I really liked from their point of view this week was how they were on the front foot, how in the first half they were creating heaps of chances. Uh, They were playing attacking football. So I thought that was really good to see. And if they can do that more often, I think that's going to be very good. So. The fact that they went, that they played well, went behind, came back, got a point, I think is good against a tough Bentley team. But, you know, for Bentley as well, you know, I don't know. I think I, I, I think a one-all draw, again, it's a cop-out, is a fair result. I think both teams will be happy to get something away from this game, taking away positives, knowing that they could have had more, but then at the same time were a little bit lucky not to come away with nothing. Yeah, I almost see it fitting as two very good chances to both teams falling in the last five minutes but not going in. Like, yes. if, if if one of those had gone in, the either team should have felt hard done by. Um, so, you're, fair result. Um, look, I'm going to jump into the next one, Brand, because this was just a result we probably could have seen coming mm. with hindsight. But Eastern <laughs> Lions beating Melbourne Knights 2-1. Now... This was also a little bit of late drama in this one. We have had some great late goals this season, Bran, but Ryan Losties was absolutely top draw. Even this round, we've had some great late goals, but Ryan Losties was top draw. Uh, we'll get to it in a bit because I'll sort of recap the game for you guys. Eastern Lions scored in the first half, uh, a little bit of a scrappy goal, uh, but, you know, Knights kind of responded pretty well, uh, I thought, given their current injuries that they have that are sort of mounting up and a late equaliser came in from that name again, Albano, uh, but minutes later, an absolutely cracking finish for Eastern Lions, sits up beautifully, takes it on the half volley, hit it absolutely beautifully. Knights, 
it seems unfair for them to be dropping so many points right now, but when you lose to a goal that late that was that lovely, you kind of can't feel aggrieved. Um, yeah, Losty just put it in the really good part of the goal. Like, he's not going to get saved. Hit well, hit with venom. Absolutely loved watching it. Brand, quick question for you on this one, though. Have the wheels well and truly fallen off the night season? I don't think well and truly fallen off. I think that that South Melbourne week has taken a lot out of them. Uh, when they played them in the cup, then played them again in the league, they lost one, won the other. I think that's taken a lot out of them. We saw them last week get pumped by Bentley 5-1. Eastern Lions at home is a game they should be winning. Uh, we thought that they might have turned a corner this year. You know, they're up the top for a little while there. So, I yeah, I don't know. The Beasts from the East, though, the Lions, that is a huge result for them. I don't think it's wheels off for the Knights, but they are going to want to sort of uh, get a good performance if they want to stay in that finals hunt because we know it's tight. They're, they're still a good side, I think, but two poor performances in a row now. Um, they're going to want to flip it around, mate. Yeah, and I, I think it is actually worth mentioning. I'm probably more focused on the Knights being bad here, but Eastern Lions were really good in this game. They created good chances. They put them away, which is, you know, I don't want to say like 50% of the battle because you've got to create the chances, but you've also got to put them away, and they did both, and I thought they played quite well. But, yeah, it is just prefaced with that whole Knights not being at their A game. And it's a good win for Eastern Lions too. I think uh, ends a streak of six games in the league for them without a win. So, And it does show, we've we've seen a couple of times that they can be dangerous and they can get those results. So another good performance from them. Yeah, and one other dangerous result in the league was, this one was a hard one to call, but Hume versus Oakley. Brian, you had a look at this. Hume City, two goals to the good over Oakley. Ripper fixture. Yeah, absolutely. Hume City going through a bit of a resurgence at the moment, which is good to see. They were taking on the Cannons. Tight first half, very even, I thought. Josh Bingham, though, he gave Hume the lead in the uh, sorry 36th minute. There was a lovely floating cross from Dixon. Bingham actually did really well to throw his body at the ball and get his head on it. it when the ball came in, it didn't look like he was going to get there, but he just sort of willed his head to, to get there. I, I suppose. I, but yeah, I'm going to go with that. That's a good way to describe it. Uh, headed at home. Good finish. Uh, that was his ninth goal of the season so far. Second most in the league as well. For the Cannons, Thurtell had a number of chances. in. Uh, he had one in the first half as well. Uh, he had a number of chances throughout the whole game, though. His best, though, was in the second half. Big chance to bring Oakley level. Uh, he was one-on-one with the keeper, uh, sorry, Hume's keeper, Michael Weir, after a turnover, played in through on goal, but his shot was saved. That was probably Oakley's biggest, most best chance of the game as well. Not long after that, similar to Avondale, as we said, they were made to pay. Hume added a second when Jordan Maricic headed home from a corner to make it 2-0 in the 79th minute. And, mate, that was that. Hume were home. Uh, Oakley had seven shots to Hume's two in the second half, so more of the chances, but, mate, just couldn't find the back of the net. I thought Hume did very well defensively in the second half, apart from that one Thurtell shot, which did come off uh, a sloppy turnover. I thought they did well to limit Oakley to half chances only. So for Hume, though... 
very good result. Uh, away on the road against Oakley. They're sort of climbing up the table a little bit. Two wins in a row. Consistency was a big struggle for them. So maybe they're getting a little bit of that. What do you think, mate? Yeah, look, I think there's a, a big sort of get out of jail card for Hume, which is if Hume are playing well and Bingham scoring, they'll be fine. Like mm. the, uh, that's, that's a very good recipe for success for Hume. Um, so yeah, I think what you said there as well, you know, I think it was his ninth goal of the season. Um, that starts to put him up in the golden boot territory. And if he is competing for golden boot this season, then I think Hume City are going to be fine come finals time. Uh, it's just, they probably underperformed a little bit in the first half of the season, but we'll get, we'll get to that one later. Um, Bran, I'm going to jump ahead. Though. Oh, no, you got something to say? Go on, my Mate, son. I was, I was just going to say, I'm excited to talk about this next game. You're talking about it. It is an absolute ripper. Green Gully taking on Dandenong Thunder. I know we said before that I thought the South Bentley game was one of the games of the season. This... I think is a another close contender, but mate, oh, scenes in this one. Tell me about it. I mean, you start at the end. Like as far as I'm concerned, you start at the end, <laughs> and it's one of the greatest equalizers we've seen in the NPL. Um, you know, I don't want to say that there is a category of NPL before and after Brandon Will, but in the post, in the Brandon Will era, it's one of the greatest ends to a game. Um, on the Flip side of that, relatively forgettable first half. Um, Green Gully took the lead in the 55th minute, um, which was, you know, a lead. And then shortly after that, doubled it two minutes later through Alex Salmon, uh, fired home a two-goal lead for Green Gully. And the game sort of uh, came out of nowhere and they just blitzed two goals in a couple of minutes and Dandy sort of looked a little bit shell-shocked, but... All that did was just pave the way for an absolutely stellar thumb to come back. And the current golden boot leader, Bernarda, would score a scrappy goal off a corner in about the 65th minute, I think it was. Uh, it's a dangerous ball in because it's kind of close to a whole lot of bodies and the ball just kind of scrambles in there. Um, but his equaliser, that would come in around the 89th minute, 86th, 87th, 89th, somewhere in that territory of the game, was nothing Short of excellent. You wouldn't call it scrappy. I kind of love to see it. Route one long ball, chested back towards goal. Keepers running out. Banana just goes, you know what? I can do I can do something magic here. Bicycle kick ends up in the middle of the goal. Ripper finish. Thunder fans go absolutely ballistic. It's one of those great ones where obviously we're in the COVID era of football and fans at football games is sometimes a rarity and just to see fans from all parts of the stands run towards where he's celebrating is just an absolutely great sight Bran I've got a question for you is that the first bicycle kick goal we have seen in the NPL because it's one of my favorite things to see and I can't think of another one that we've seen I think we have I think we have. There's been the, I, I I can certainly remember attempts, and I can remember attempts that have been saved. So you're you're right. Where none spring to mind exactly, like straight away. I have a feeling there might have been, but I don't think there have been any. Even if we have seen it, seen one or two, which we're not we're not certain if we have. 
that were quite like this. This was just an absolutely fantastic finish. If you haven't seen it, we have tweeted it. Uh, it's worth just going and watching the highlights as well because it's just fantastic. Like, just the instinct as well. Like, very so intelligent. Yeah, when he chests it down, you know, Jared Tyson, the keeper's right on him. So he just, he has to go for the bicycle. That's like the only option. He just sort of throws a leg at it and then does it absolutely perfectly. It was just a spectacular finish. Yeah, I, I almost wish that like NPL had pregame, postgame and like 16 cameras because mm. what like Sky would have done for that goal is they would have like analyzed the options available to Bernardo and been mm. like, this is a 12% chance to square it back to another striker, a 4% chance of nutmegging the goalkeeper, and then it's like a 0.025% chance of bicycle kicking the goalkeeper from there. And they've just gone, yeah, he's done that. He's done the hardest but coolest thing, and it was brilliant. Loved yeah. it, more of it. Yeah, um, I love the game as well. Dandy Thunder, were, they were coming home hard. They were pushing... Uh, really, really hard for an equaliser. We saw them against Avondale as well. They did super well. They've had a number of games this year where late on they've got late winners, late equalisers, late chances. So they are one of the most exciting teams to watch at the moment, mate. They're, they're good value. What a finish. What a game. Yeah. What a game. Um, This game I just didn't even want to talk about <laughs> when we did the preview last week. I didn't care two hoots about this one. But it actually turned out to be quite a good game. Um, not not classical purist football, but Altona Magic won, St Albans won. Brand, talk us through it. Yeah, well, I totally agree with the preview there. Both teams were desperate for a win. Uh, neither of them got it uh, with a one-all draw. Uh, not exactly the prettiest of her first halves. Not exactly the prettiest of games overall, as you said. Wasn't exactly, you know, picturesque, beautiful football, but uh, what else can you expect from the team that's on the bottom and the team that's, what, third bottom? Anyway, mate, there were chances for both sides. None of them were exactly guilt-edged. St. Albans, though, they did take the lead late in the first half. An initial shot was blocked, but the rebound fell perfectly to Dynamo's Christopher Dibb, slotted the ball home in the bottom corner. Altona at home, on the back foot, down by a goal. Things got worse. Uh, already down a goal, though, was soon down a player as well when Harrison Reeves was shown a straight red card. It looked like a shoulder uh, that hit a, uh, sorry, St. Albans player in the head, like a 50-50 challenge. Red card. Oh, it might have been an elbow. Yeah, yeah just like of... shoulder, but shoulder, like surely shoulder's not a red card. Yeah, maybe it was an elbow then. Yeah, okay. Mm. Um, anyway, whatever it was, it, uh, was enough to, to warrant the tomato sauce. He was given his marching orders. Uh, didn't matter though for Altona just before halftime, John Markovsky blasted his strike home. Good hit. Great goal. Brought the magic level in stoppage time and mate, second half. Not much to talk about, really, to be honest. Altona had more of the chances in the second half. Uh, their best one came right at the death. It was like a, a triple chance. I think it was a shot that was saved. The follow-up effort was blocked, and then there was a third one. Like, the ball was just pinging all around the penalty. The penalty it was very area. scrappy. They got three shots away. None of them found the back of the net. The, sorry, both, ooh, sorry, mate. Both sides shared the points in the end. 
Sorry, I was just dropping things on my end here. Uh, both sides share the points, though, one all. It's the kind of result where neither team can really be happy. You know, no one wanted to lose this, but both teams needed to win it. So, I mean, what do you make of this result? Like, it it doesn't really do either side much good, does it? I'm pretty much going to avoid discussing this game because the only thing about this game that has relevance is the score in the other game of Dandy City losing 2-0 to Port Melbourne because all of a sudden, the draw in the Altona Magic St. Albans game is very good for both teams because Dandy City dropped down. They got the win last week and then they back it up with a 2-0 loss to Port, which means... Dandy City had got themselves off the bottom of the table, but that draw, those points share between St. Albans and Altona in the game that you were talking about, um, it it kind of hurts Dandy City more so than anyone. So I agree, it's not a gain for either St. Albans or Altona, but given the Dandy City result, it kind of restores the table to a little bit more, I'd say, normality. Um, so, yeah. yeah, look, we'll take a quick look at the Dandy City game. Um, This was a big chance for Dandy City. We have spoken about Port Melbourne being inconsistent many a time on the pod. Um, But Port Melbourne took the lead in the 43rd minute with a ripper header by Courtney Perkins. Um, Not Courtney Perkins. I can't remember his first name. Last name. Hyphenated. Um, Diving header right on the goal line. Good ball in to a dangerous area. Tucked at home. 1-0 up at halftime. And then Chris Duggan would score a deserved second, and that was three points. Dandy City were never really in this one. Port Melbourne played really well and thought this would be a very good fixture for Dandy City to get points, but the loss sees them drop back down the table, and they sit at the very bottom. And those shared points with Altona, if Altona had lost that game, then Dandy City still would have been off the bottom of the table and Altona would have been bottom. So that sort of draw does actually help Altona stay level on points with Dandy City. But, Bran, that's all the fixtures. Let's go through the ladder. I'm going to I'm gonna kind of blitz through the ladder because we've got a little bit of a mid-season review to follow. So if you don't really hear the results, we'll probably call them out in the next couple of minutes because we're going to look at each club. So top of the table, clear on points, 26 points, Avondale FC. In second, Bentley Greens on 24 points. And in third and fourth, we have South Melbourne and Heidelberg United, both on 23 points. We've then got a glut of teams on 21 points. In fifth, sixth, and seventh, we have Hume, Oakley, and Knights, all sitting on 21 points. In eighth, on 19 points, is Port Melbourne. And then we start to get to the sort of mid-lower part of the table. Green Gully in ninth on 16 points. Dandenong Thunder on 15 points in 10th. In 11th, Eastern Lions on 12 points. And in 12th, St. Albans Saints on 10. And at the very bottom, 13th and 14th, Altona and Dandy City, both on 7 points. Bran, let's just do it. Let's jump into our mid-season grades because we watch a lot of football in the NPL, but we also don't know a lot about football. At times, it's quite entertaining. So our grades could be really grotesquely off. Bran, kick us off. What have we got? Well, so we've we've divided up the teams. So I'm going to go with South Melbourne. I have given them so far an 
A for their season. I think they've done very well. They were the league leaders for a long time. I think it was the first 11 games they went through unbeaten. Uh, I think at the start of the team, uh, sorry, start of the season, I sort of expected them to make finals. So I think that's one disclaimer with the grades. A lot of it is based on expectations as well, where we thought they were going to be ahead of the season. I thought South would make the finals. I didn't think they'd be up the top for as long as they were. So I think the fact that they were is very, very good. Uh, their win in the FFA Cup as well. That's a big tick. They're uh, in the sixth round, big win over the night. So I think that helps boost their grade as well. Uh, but, you know, they're one of the biggest clubs, not just in the MPL, but in Australia. So I think that they are enjoying their time back up towards the pointy end of the table. So I've given them an A. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you're you're kind of right in saying they're one of the biggest clubs in Australian football. But ever since we've been following NPL Victoria, they haven't really performed as if they are. And this is the first season that I feel like they are kind of competitive consistently. Um, a lot of it comes down to, I think, solving that goal-scoring problem they had. They were very good at creating chances and maybe a little bit frail defensively, and they've now kind of flipped that around. They're now putting – well, they were previously putting the ball in the back of the net, but defensively very good. Mm. Uh, that injury to um, Sawyer definitely hurts their sort of drive, but I'd say an A is about right. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and, and, and the thing that – impressed me the most as well is the way they played against Bentley. If they can play in a similar fashion uh, more often for the second half of the season, I think that'll be extremely good. What about you, mate? Let's go with Avondale. What grade would you give Avondale this season? Your boys, the Avondale boys. Um, It's interesting because I will preface it by saying that our expectations of Avondale have been set quite high over the last few seasons. With that in mind, I'm giving them a B. And I think this week's result really typifies why I'm giving them a B. It seems wrong to say that the top of the table Mm. team is not an A grade team, but ah, they're not looking as polished as last season. They've got mistakes in them. They're not as dominant as they felt in the first half of the last few seasons. So if they're top, they're getting a B. It means that they can improve, which I think is dangerous for the rest of the competition because if they do change that B into an A, then I can't see anyone getting near them this season and in finals. So giving them a B only because they have been inconsistent and not like the Avondale of the last few seasons. But, I mean, you're pretty close to that team, mate. What are your thoughts? I think I think B's all right. I would, I would maybe have given them a B plus just because, like, they are on top of the league. But I totally agree where, you know, when we saw them in 2019, they were pumping teams. Like, they were winning, like, 4-0, 5-0, 6-1. You know, that was scoring goals for fun. And we've definitely not seen them be as dominant this season as well. Uh, we've seen them trailing late in games too, like Hume City, they needed two goals in stoppage time uh, to rescue a draw. They needed a 95th minute winner to beat Danny Thunder. They came from behind to beat Oakley. So I totally agree where they're not firing on all cylinders. So they haven't been as impressive as we would have expected. So I think B's pretty close to the mark, mate. I agree. Um, are we, have we got an order to this? 
Or, like, I remember when we did the preview, I just picked a random order, and then it turned out it was, like, alphabetical or something. Uh, so I was, uh, no, no, I just sort of divvied them up, to be honest. I gave each, each of us half, and um, there, it, it is in a loose correlation to roughly the latter position, but that's very okay, loose. Cool. It's not yeah, accurate. Okay. I can sort of see that. Um, Bentley, you're going to have a look at Bentley, mate. Talk us through this one. Deserve an A. I think what they've been able to do, in particularly uh, recently, has been very, very impressive. They are absolutely, without doubt, the informed team of the competition. Uh, that's despite the one-all draw with South Melbourne. I still think that that absolutely stands. Uh, the start of the year was a little bit slow. Uh, we saw them, hang on, uh, trying to think back. They they drew with St. Albans. They lost to Hume, lost to Avondale. Uh, Drew with Heidelberg. Uh, They weren't exactly firing on all cylinders. They had a lot of injuries. New coach in Nick Tolios as well. Uh, There was rumors they were going to get, you know, Kenny Atu. That didn't happen. They had Jeremy Brocky then release, and then he left straight away. So there was a little bit of uncertainty about Bentley. And they were, uh, sorry, they started off slowly, but now they've really sort of hit their stride. They've seen to have things figured out, and they look mighty, mighty dangerous. So I think for them to be uh, where they are on the table in second place, two points behind first, playing some fantastic football, I think that puts them in in very good stead. I would have them as an A. I think, you know, if they're run a form, if they hadn't won like six in a row or something, maybe we would have seen them in that B category. But I do think just the fact that they're the most informed team in the competition, second on the table, I think an A for them. What do you think? Clear A. Um, you're right, slow start, but we know about Bentley. It doesn't really matter about how they start the season, it's how they finish, and they're just in shit-hot form, and they're going to continue it as far as I'm concerned. Congrats yep. to them. Probably yep. the standout team for mine, so an A is very apt. Um, Bran, I am going to call upon Heidelberg next. This is an intriguing one as well. What have you made of them? Ah, it's weird because I'm giving them a B, which is the same as what I gave Avondale. And I'm now starting to realise that my ranking system is a bit shit because no, Heidelberg... Right. We're going on film, mate. We're just vibing it. We're vibing yeah. it. Yeah, uh, one could maybe argue we should go off of intelligent insight more than feel a little bit more often. But yes, we're going with feel on this one. And I'm giving Heidelberg a B because I was concerned at the start of the season that lost Harry Noon and quite a bit of player change up and just really didn't know what to expect out of them. But they're kind of doing the Heidelberg thing and they're getting points where sometimes you feel like they shouldn't get points, but they're also not at the heights that I'm used to of them. So they can improve, but they've not been bad. So they're going to be brand thoughts. I think it's about right. I anticipated that they were going to regress this season a little bit more than they had, you know, losing guys like like Harry Noon, as you said. Uh, some of their players like Sean Ellis and Adrian Zara, you know, they're just a, a little bit older. So I was sort of anticipating that they would have regressed a little bit more than they have. So I think the fact that they sit in fourth, I think they're only three points behind Avondale. Um, they're right in the competition. Uh, some of their signings before the season as well from fellow NPL leagues hadn't heard a lot of them. So it's always hard to get a read on what kind of impact they're going to have. But I think for Heidelberg to be where they are, 
is pretty good. The the big thing as well that I think keeps them going from any higher was their loss in the cup because they lost to who was it MPL three side Nunna Wadding had they in the FFA Cup quite early too. So that is a big uh, blight on 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 their season so far. They they're a team who'd be aiming to make the national stages, but so yeah, they love to push B, for a cup, don't they? Yes, agreed. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe that drops it down to a B minus. Or a C plus. B, well, I think, B no, I minus. Think B, I think B, B minus is, is pretty good. Yeah, okay, cool. I mean, we're going gut anyway. Um, Bran, Oakley, interesting. This is a difficult mid-season. Re- we're in the difficult bit of the mid-season report as far as I'm concerned because, yeah, probably, well, yeah. Look, you take away Oakley and I will confirm or deny your, your <laughs> ranking of them. <laughs> I have I've given Oakley a B minus. I will be honest, I was expecting more from them. No future spoilers, but I remember our season review, uh, sorry, season review, season preview. We were pretty hot on the Cannons. We thought that they would be right up there. We saw it obviously it was short, we only saw five games last year, but in 2019 they finished in red hot form. 2020 they were pretty darn good as well. I expected that to carry over. They haven't failed by any extent. You know, they they sit six. They're on 21 points. Uh, they're in the midst of that chasing pack. Only five points behind first. The ladder is so tight. Six wins, three draws, four losses. I, I just think it'd be minus. I think I expected them to be more where Bentley, South Melbourne are, which is, you know, second within a shout of top spot. And they're more on the cusp of dropping out of the top six. So... They've got a huge game coming up in the FFA Cup as well against Preston Lions. If they lose that, they're Which I saw that they're playing at the lakeside. Mm, yeah, they are. Um, there was... Stupid. Maybe they get a, maybe the B- minus drops to a C because of that. <laughs> and I'm well, sure it's not their doing, but like... Well, well, without getting too bogged down or too sidetracked, apparently it kind of was. There was safety concerns because it's like a Greek Macedonia, Greek Macedonia sort of rivalry and... Uh, there was an article in, uh, I can't remember what it was, the Greek. Yeah, one of the local. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and they were sort of hyping up, you know, the ethnic tensions yeah. or whatever. And so it got moved to Lakeside. So I don't know. Not a big fan of that. From what I've heard, Oakley, and again, this is all very unofficial, but Oakley were a little bit dodgy in the way they went about a few things. Rumor has it they had no center backs that week. They were meant to play Preston. So having it delayed actually helped them out. So again, no idea if there's any truth to that. That's just some good old MPL I love how you had to back. preface something on this podcast as well with being unofficial. <laughs> just so you know, everything that has ever been said on this podcast, heavily unofficial, heavily not fact-checked. Okay, so just very quickly, going back to our grading system, though, uh, I think B-. minus. I expected them to be a little bit higher. They are still within touching distance, but they haven't impressed me as much as I thought they would, mate. What, a, what, what do you think? Agree. I think B minus is about right for all of the reasons you've said previously. Um, yeah, yeah, go the on. Knights. The Knights. Tell me about them. What do you give them? It's difficult because they had a ripper start. They had a ripper start that got me very excited for, okay, we're finally in a NPL season where the, I'm going to say self-proclaimed and we're going to get a lot of hate mail, but self-proclaimed big clubs of the NPL and Knights in South Melbourne were doing well. And they've kind of dropped off. So I'd say six rounds in, seven rounds in, A for Knights. 
now they've got a shit ton of injuries and they're starting to drop points and they're conceding late goals and they're good for a, a late bit of drama. I'm going to settle on a B plus for Knights because I think they're over overachieving from my expectations, but they are starting to have some bad form. And so that kind of pulls them down, but good season so far. It'll be interesting to see the next three to four rounds because yeah, they can go, they can stagnate or go up and down from there. And I know that that's pretty unintelligent commentary, but it's the truth. I think we'll know a lot more of what their season looks like in three to four rounds because at the moment they're kind of on the cusp of really bad form, but they could easily jump out of it. Um, so, yeah, Knights, B+. Plus. Agree, disagree? I agree. I've, I've been impressed by the Knights. I think the way that they bounced back against South in the league was, was very, very good. You know, obviously got knocked out of the FFA Cup on penalties. That sucked. But then to come back and beat them in the league give them their first losses of the season. That's great. Uh, their two most recent losses have really hurt them to Bentley and to the Lions. Two weeks ago, they were one point off the top. Now they're seventh. They're outside the finals. So I think they definitely still have work to do. I think seventh on the table is a little bit harsh for how well they've played, in my opinion. Uh, but hopefully, for their sake, they can uh, they can lift a little bit. But uh, I think B-plus overall, about right. Yeah, remember when they were like top of the league and then like two mm. weeks later, like sixth, and we're just like, sure, whatever, NPL, deal with it. <laughs> Crazy table that you are. Um, This is a hard one. You've got Green Gully there. Mm-hmm. What are you going with? Because I'm, I can't pick it at the moment. I'm going to be honest. I've gone pretty harsh with Green Gully. Green Gully. I have given them a D. Uh, they sit ninth on the well, table. First D of the, yeah, it is the lowest is. rated team at the moment. It is. Um, I just haven't been that impressed with them. I think they've just sort of been below mediocre. I thought that you know they're the kind of team where you look at them on paper, uh, you'd be thinking you know pushing for top four, and they sit in ninth. They haven't hit this. I've got Alex Salmon, who I think is probably the best striker in the league overall. Um, and I think aside from him, they're just sort of not really there at the moment. I don't know. I, I expected them to be higher up on the table than where they are. Alex Salmon, you know, he has still had a good season, but I just, I'm disappointed with them in ninth. You know, they're looking at the table five points out of the finals. So I think a D for a team that would have been hoping for a final spot is about right. What do you think? Maybe a bit harsh? I just haven't watched much Green Gully this season, if I'm honest with you. So it feels harsh, but I have no argument as to why it's harsh. So maybe it's accurate. Maybe my preseason expectations of them were a little bit too high, but I just haven't really been that impressed. Like, you know, even against the Thunder, they scored twice in three minutes, but then... Thunder came home with a full head of steam and almost rolled them. So, anyway, mate, next team that we're going to talk about, Port Melbourne Sharks. Now, these, they are My hot and cold. This is, a, this, this is a, a hard team to give a grade to because they're good one week and then they're diabolical the next. What what, what do you think? Where, where are the Sharks at? Port Melbourne for mine. Are like, let's we got, We're doing the grading system. So, let's just all take ourselves back to, like, year nine English. 
And there was that kid in the class who was definitely not going to be a world beater, but was just not like could read a book, like not totally inept, but definitely not going to set the world on fire. And for mine, every time they would get a assignment for comprehension of Romeo and Juliet back, it would be a C minus. And I think that's what I'm giving Port because they're just sitting in that real mid table not putting form together. They put exciting games in. Like, they are exciting to watch at times, but then they're also, like, absolutely not exciting to watch. So I'm going to go C-minus support. I I don't have any real clear-cut reason other than they're just inconsistent and fail to impress on regular occasion. Yeah. Agreed? For the most part, I'd maybe give them slightly higher, maybe a C, but I think that's that's just nitpicking. I think, yeah, it's just their inconsistencies, you know? So, like, they beat Bentley. Uh, who else did they beat? They uh, That's about it, actually. Oh, they beat the Cannons, you know? So they've got a... And they beat Green Gully. So they've got a couple of decent wins there, but then they've also lost to, like, Eastern Lions. They drew with St. Albans. They had a good draw against South. Uh, their first game of the season against the Knights, they were terrible. So it's sort of like just a hot and cold, uh, you know, a good result backed up by a terrible one. So I think Maybe a C... I am being too harsh. Maybe it is a C, C plus. Maybe a minus is a bit harsh. Yeah, but again, yeah, I don't know. I just... Yeah. Sport, so yeah. like, who knows? Um, very yeah, team. Yeah. Um, Eastern Lions, what are your thoughts? Tough one. I've given them a C plus. To be I think honest, that's right. I'm going to jump in early and say of the scores that I was thinking for them, yeah, better than last season. And, and yeah, definitely. And again, like you know, relativity and expectations are a big factor in here. Where I thought they were really going to struggle, I thought they were going to be you know in the relegation zone at this point of the season, and they're not. They find themselves five point clear, five points clear of the relegation zone. You know, big win against the Knights. They have shown that they can take points off other big teams. So they are by no means safe. They're by no means a lock to avoid relegation here. But I think for them to be five points clear of the relegation zone, to be in 11th, um, they've got three wins under their belt. You know, I think I think that's pretty good for them. I think they'll be not happy, but I think they'd be, if at the start of the year, if you'd said midway through the season, Eastern Lions, this is where you're going to be, I think most of them would have taken that. So I think that's a very C-plus kind of Territory. Mate, next team that you're going to take a look at, Dan and on Thunder, what have you made of them? Well, I'm going to, I've got C plus written down, but it's wrong. I'm going to go with B minus with Dandy Thunder. Yeah. Because we were talking about the loss of their talismanic striker and how they were going to solve that. And then they've got Bernardo, who is scoring goals frequently and entertainingly. I think they're kind of fun to watch this year. I think they're really bringing a lot of fun back into football. So I'm going to say Dandy Thunder are on almost like a B minus pushing a B, which is so ridiculous considering I gave Avondale a B and they're top of the table. But I'm, I'm liking what Dandy Thunder are doing in terms of, yeah, sure, they've probably not got the greatest squad or best sort of format for pushing into the finals, but it's bloody entertaining and they're causing upsets and getting points, scoring goals. So I don't know, B, B minus for mine. What are you thinking? 
I would probably have them just slightly lower, in my personal opinion, just because I think, you know, Brandon Barnes paved over a lot of cracks for him where he would just carry them to NPL survival. And I think that they have got, maybe not, maybe lucky is the wrong word, but they've done well to find not a Brandon Barnes 2.0, but someone like Bernardo who can lift them to crazy results. Yeah. Like yeah. he pulls goals and he's got a brace, you know, against Green Gully. And one of them was a ridiculous bicycle kick. So I think four wins, uh, three draws, six losses, you know, they're 10th on the table. So I think maybe B's a little bit too generous. Considering, you know, I, I totally agree. They're very exciting, but I'm not convinced they're very good. So, but I think, you know, B minus, yeah, I can get around that. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe a C plus is right. I don't know. This is a hard one. It's a, it's a line ball one, that one. Um, St. Albans. We probably had low expectations of St. Albans coming into the season, Bran. What, were your, what are your thoughts midpoint of the season? Well, I gave... Eastern Lions, a C plus. St. Albans are just below them. So I've given them a grade that's just below a C plus in a C minus. You'll see what you've done there. It's very good. <laughs> uh, not sure if it's very good. But anyway, um, I, think, I thought that they were going to struggle this year. They have at times. It's been a while since they've won a game. Can't remember the last game they've won. But I think they had a patch of like... Uh, six consecutive losses in there. They lost to a state league side in the FFA Cup as well. Um, so that's not very good. They're only three points clear of the relegation zone. So they've certainly struggled, but I would have anticipated them to be in the relegation zone at this point of the season. So I think the fact that they're not is what gives them a higher grade than a D at this point. But I I can't be given a much higher than a C minus because they've not been very impressive. What do you think? I'm super okay with that. Word for word, probably would have agreed with that. So, Mate, well, this leaves us with uh, with two interesting teams left to cover. Dandy City, what grade are you giving them? That whole analogy I had before of a year nine English class, I'm going to change it to year nine science class. And Dandy City at the moment are like the dumbass kid that keeps setting things on fire with Bunsen burners and then hands up an assignment that he's copied from a friend and not taken their name off of it. I think they're in, they're in heavy F territory and it pains me to say it, but yeah, I thought that win last week could be a turning point, but yeah, you, the bottom of the table, they have had some good performances in there, but we've realized in this league, good performances do not guarantee points. And they don't guarantee you being out of the relegation zone. They're in the relegation zone. I can't see any reason why they will remove themselves from the relegation zone unless they do a big dandy city halfway through the season, pull in some ex-A-League players and spend a lot of money. But there's a bit of me that goes, maybe it's a good season for them to go down. They did come up and were very exciting and managed to save their sort of season. But maybe they just need to keep this foundation going. Don't blow your money on... Just trying to survive. Maybe going down next season is a good call. And then they can build on that solid foundation and come back up in a couple of years' time. I don't know, but I'm giving them an F. Yeah, I think bottom of the table, one win. I think they would have been hoping for more. But, yeah, I think it's yeah tough to give them anything more than that. You know, maybe a a D 
D minus yeah, maybe, but Ogonovsky, like surely that gets points. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like yeah. food, like all all of the things that I would give them a score not an F for are not football related. So <laughs> it's kind of an indictment on them at the moment. Um, another team that is compadres with them at the bottom of the table, Branson, last team to go through Altona. What are you giving them? F straight away. Big, fat, red, massive, ginormous F, even bigger than Dandy City. Uh, I think they have been. The most disappointing team in the NPL this season. I think some of the additions that they made, some of the big name players that they brought in, you know, Harry Noon, Chris Alfield, Vince Lear, they were nowhere in 2020, the cancelled season. Uh, what was it? Five games, five defeats. They went out, they recruited heavily, and you're like, yep, great, here we go. They're going to be good. They're, they're a smoky for top six. You know, how, how high are they going to go? And they have been absolutely nowhere. 13 games in, no wins, no wins. They're not on the bottom of the table because they have seven draws, uh, but they've just been terrible. I think it's maybe two games all year where they've actually looked like winning. But I've just been so disappointed in them. Uh, another thing as well, nine of the 13 games that they've played so far have been at home. So they've had, you know, not ideal conditions, but, you know, they've they've had a good run and it looks like things are only going to get tougher. I'm anticipating maybe some sort of clear out. I think they sacked their manager after three weeks as well. But I think it's, oh, man, F, biggest F imaginable. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And I also look at relegation as not being a bad thing for these two teams that we've given F because I just don't know. I mean, like, this is not a thinly veiled dig at Fulham, but there's a point where it's better to be competitive in the league below than getting batted every week. Like, I don't know. I just feel like this is the whole point of promotion relegation and I just don't think Altona or Dandy City are at a point of being competitive and yep. it just shows, like it just shows. And I, I just think, look, if they're the two candidates that go down, then I'm okay with it. Neither of them have showed anything to suggest that they deserve to stay in this league, really. Let's let's be honest. I mean, I don't know how easy it is for teams to go down and then bounce back up, like compared to the championship, like, you know, and Fulham, you know, you see yo-yo clubs. I don't know if that translates as well to the MPL, but um, yeah, I think two Fs for those two sides. Hard to give them anything other than that, mate. But, mate, that brings us to the end of our NPL mid-season review. Mid-season review. It's quite fun. It would be good if we should, when we do next season, you know, going ahead, uh, next season we should do not just our end-of-year forecast, but we should do our mid-season scorecard, see what we get. That'd be quite fun. Add a bit of jeopardy to it. Um, On the topic of jeopardy, though, uh, the jeopardy of running insanely long this week. Let us turn our attention to the NPLW Victoria because this was a very good week for the favourites in the NPLW. Bran, let's blitz through the results of that. We will go through in more detail next week some of the games and ins and outs, but I'm kind of calling that because I couldn't get any map centre details around the FE Emerging game, and that's the game I had to look at. But Bran, kick us off because you had Box Hill nil. The mighty triangles, three pointed triangles to Calder. That doesn't make any sense. That's bad. It it doesn't. 
It doesn't. I'm all for all for a triangle reference. Uh, have you got any high school references like Year Nine Science English? I, I thought that was good. I thought we needed to do. Should have done I mean, that for yeah. all of the teams. Anyway, we should. Uh, yeah. Call one through. three nil. Talk yes, us they did. Yes, they did. Sorry. So uh, two first goals. Uh, sorry, two first half goals put them in a commanding position. One was from Harriet Withers. The other was from Alexandra Sinclair. Uh, Calder had a number of great chances uh, for their third in the second half, but were denied by a resilient Box Hill. Eventually, though, 85th minute, Calder did get their third. Sinclair netted her second with a neat header. 3-0 win for Calder. Uh, pretty much what we'd expect from this result. Uh, Calder, one of the top teams, Box Hill, have shown some signs this this uh, so far this season, sorry, but uh, not an unsurprising Result in this one. Good performance from Calder. Some good resiliency resiliency from Box Hill at times, but unsurprising result, mate. Yeah, and I mean, look, Calder were excellent against FE Emerging mm. last round. Um, uh, FE Emerging managed to bounce back, though. They had Bayside, who are one of the more get-attable teams in the competition this season. So FE Emerging put five past Bayside, who scored one. So 5-1 win. To FE Emerging, a great way to bounce back from that. But you look at Calder with a clean sheet, 3-0 win after beating FE Emerging the week before, and Calder are looking good. But it's, honest to God, still South Melbourne. I think it's, what, four wins on the trot for them, Brand South Melbourne, three, Alamein, one. Yep, four wins on the trot is right. They uh, South Melbourne, they had a big boost before the game. Uh, during the week, it was announced that they had signed... Matilda's player and Melbourne City player Jenna McCormack, a huge addition to the squad. She was making her first peer, uh, sorry, first appearance for the league leaders as well. Uh, but despite that, the big in uh, and being on top of the table, South found themselves behind in the first half. Uh, Alamein took the lead from the penalty spot. Caitlin Story calmly netting the opener. Upset looked like it might have been on the cards. Alamein had a couple of chances before that goal as well. But a beautiful goal from South Melbourne brought him level. There was some fantastic build-up play and a lovely finish from Riona Omiya, who brought South level just before the break. Second half, though, goals from Caitlin Pickett and Lucy Johnson gave South a two-goal lead. They would not relinquish their fourth win in, sorry, fourth win in a row. As you said, they maintain their league, uh, sorry, their lead on top of the league. There we go. Got through it. Got there in the end. Uh, yeah, so they stay in outright top spot. So, again, not an entirely unsurprising result from there. Talking about the last game, Bulleen taking on Heidelberg. Bulleen would win 3-2 at the Veneto Club. Fast start for Heidelberg, though. Kelly Lockhart, gave, sorry, Keely Lockhart gave them the lead seven minutes in with a lovely first-time dinking finish over the keeper. Bulleen able to build their way into the game, though. Eventually gained control. Rachel Quigley brought them level in the 40th minute, right on the stroke of half time as well. Boleyn had their lead uh, thanks to an own goal, 2-1 at half time. Leah Privatelli gave Boleyn their third goal early in the second half. Heidelberg had a chance. They uh, had a way back into the game with 15 to play, though. Sydney Allen converted a penalty uh, to make it 3-2. But that was all the goals uh, this game had in store. Boleyn hold on for the win, and they've been in good form as well. They lost their first two games of the season, but they have now won 
five on the trot. They sit in third position on the table. Taking a look at that table in a little bit more detail. As we said, South Melbourne sit on top. Seven games played for all the teams. They have six wins, one defeat. They're on 18 points. Calder and Boleen are in second, both with five wins and two draws. That sees them both on 15 points. Uh, Calder do have a much higher goal difference than Boleen, though. Uh, FV emerging there in fourth. Still very, very surprising. Love to see them up there. Uh, actually, they are on 15 points as well. They will actually be above Boleen. Sorry, beg your pardon. The screenshot of the table I have is inaccurate. So we're doing live breaking news here. Uh, Effie emerging at third. <laughs> Live breaking news that broke a good while ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I just like that I caught that at the time. Yeah. Effie emerging, sorry, will be third. Boleen should be fourth. All, sorry. So we got quarter, Boleen, Effie emerging, all on 15 points. Five wins, two losses. In fifth place, we have Alamein, three wins, one draw, three losses. They are on 10 points. Heidelberg, they sit in six on seven points. Box Hill, in seventh position with three points, just the one win for them. Bayside are still on the bottom of the table. They are still winless. Zero points for them so far this season. But, Will, mate, that brings us to an end of the first half of the podcast. It's been a long one. A lot of football that we actually talked about this week, mate. So much football. Almost too much football. Let's take a break and talk about not football on the other side of it, I think, mate. Kit bag, do kit bag, throw the kit bag when we come back because I've got a belter. Jesus Christ. Or, or just say welcome back and I'll, I'll chime in. Throw the kit bag, calm down. And welcome back to part two. We have had a break of all NPL scores, tables, results, scorecards. And we've got to address something, Bran, because we are the semi-pro potty and we do things semi-professionally and in full semi-professional, I don't know, order, we, we missed out the kit bag segment. And it's your favourite segment. It's most of our listeners' favourite segment. So it would be remiss of us to not circle back and kick off part two with, Bran, what the hell are you wearing this week? Mate, I'm wearing an absolute belter. I, I did notice straight away that you glossed over kit bag at the start, and I wasn't going to let you get away with it twice. So it's it's come on as a, a second half substitute has the kit yeah, bag segment. I'm sorry, but you've gone into the tunnels and you've gone, this ain't good enough, guys, and you just pulled <laughs> someone. Great. And I'll tell you what, the one I've pulled out is an absolute belter. It is the most recent addition to my kit bag it is a blackburn rovers 1994-1995 kit it is an absolute stonker it is the kit that alan shearer wore and i believe uh robbie slater it's the year that blackburn rovers won the premier league i've always been a big fan of blackburn rovers kits sort of like the uh watered one didn't they yeah they 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 do but they've um the sorry, this particular one, it's half blue, half white, but then the sleeves are the opposite, so it gives the impression of of corded. It's just an absolute belter of a kit that I got at our good friend Alexander Jason, the football for Tog and PFC Vintage pop up store as well. So it was a fantastic event to go to, uh, not last weekend but the weekend before. 
picked it up there. Extremely, extremely happy with it. Cracker as well, just a- sponsor of ASICS. Really happy with any non-conventional footballing sponsor. Uh, sorry, yeah. not sponsor, okay. manufacturer. Yeah, and, well, and, and speaking of sponsors, uh, McEwen's Lager. Great, you know. Uh, similar to Newcastle where, who were they sponsored by? Northern Brown. Newcastle the Brown. Camp- oh, yeah. Newcastle Brown, that's it. Yeah, just like a classic mm. British uh, mid-90s beer sponsor you're like fantastic so great kit beats like betting companies doesn't it like every jersey like liverpool's got an accountant fuck who cares about accounting mm. brand who fulham got they got a bet one yeah we do uh geez who is it uh i actually can't remember uh yeah good but again yeah. put them in the bin i want like paint I'm companies roofing companies tiling i don't know fucking anything what, what am I Karcher would be a good sponsor for a kit. Who's Archer? Karcher, the pressure washing. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, so good. I don't know, just a sick a sick front of shirt logo text mm. sponsor that's, I don't know. One, one of my favourites that you see in the FA Cup is you see like non-league English sides and they've got sponsorships around the, around the grounds and it's like Stephen's Pie Shop or like a... O'Reilly's auto repair garage and it's got his phone number on there and it's like, how good's that? He sponsors a non-league side or or the a business sponsors a non-league side or whatever, and then they literally get global advertising. Oh, I think that's fantastic, mate. Free and I just love to think that someone around the world is being like, if ever I need my roofs tiled, I'm gonna call up like Kevin's yep. <laughs> tiling from like you know, the Midlands. Great. Um, hey, Brand, that's so semi-professional. Let's jump into it. You've got one of the best ones. I think the semi-professional. This, this for mine is up there with the, the match fixing in, was it Nigeria, where like oh. police force United shipped 76 <laughs> goals and the other team shipped 56 and they got done for match fixing. Um, this is up there with that. This is up there for God tier of semi-professionalness. This is like the quintessential example of what this segment is all about. You love to see it. So bear with me. It's a bit of one to uh, to get through, but it's worth it. Chinese businessman, uh, sorry, a Chinese businessman has bought second tier Chinese side Zebo Kuju. I think that is the correct pronunciation. Uh, not only it's is absolutely he... not, by the way, but I yeah. don't know the correct pronunciation. So yeah. Zebo Suju, we're going to roll with that. Apologies if it's wrong. Fans, please correct us of Zebu fans, all the ultras listening to the pod. Anyway, um, so businessman bought this, bought this club, second tier Chinese club, and told the coach to play his son. And Which so... is more uncommon. Like, let's be honest, no, we've all no. been in teams before where the coach's son gets in the team, not because he's useless, but he wouldn't get in off his own merits. We've yes. all been there. It's totally fine. But there is something unique about this scenario. Yeah, well, like, let's put it, let's put it kindly and say that the son is not exactly in peak physical condition. He does not quite look like your stereotypical elite performance athlete, you know? So there is some fantastic photos and there's actually, um, I think the real A-League memes tweeted out videos, oh, sorry, a, a video highlight package of him, of him actually playing, which is just, Wild. it is, it is, it's just so crazy because let's be honest, he's a big fella, big fella. And he's out there, he's taking corners. He's quite short as well. He's a real, like, he's a, yeah, he's not your quintessential footballer. 
He's taking corners. He's passing the ball. I don't know. It's just so bizarre. Apparently, as well, I was doing a little bit of research on it. Apparently, the owner himself has also appeared in a game before as well. Apparently, it was a friendly against like a Manchester City's sister Chinese side or something like that. And he uh, put himself in the game and made the coach put him on. So there's some sort of precedence from this guy. I don't know his name. But, um, yeah, it, it doesn't get much more semi-professional than making oh, a coach play your son. So, mate, that was really good. Uh, what did you say that was semi-professional? Um, I have been shocked by this. Kisnorbo, for being a premiership-winning manager, has had a fucking shocker of a couple of months. He had ACL surgery and... He's also apparently, I think Joey Lynch tweeted that he's going to be late for the press conference because he had to get medical attention. And it turns out that the City players poured a, like a Gatorade thing over his head and the lid was still on or something and it just like hit him in the head and gave him stitches. So he has, in a premiership winning run, copped an ACL injury and stitches in celebration of winning the premiership. So uh, it's it's not a great time. And that's really semi-professional, you know, like he's just the walking wounded. It is. How often does the, uh, a football team's manager have a uh, more injuries than, than his players? Yeah. Um, Bram, what else have you got, mate? I've got two. Uh, one was the Altona St. Albans game. You know, we, we talk a lot about, about polls that, that pop up in NPL broadcast. There were a number, Heidelberg, blah, blah, blah. We've mentioned them pretty much every week, uh, and I think we've covered pretty much all of them. There were polls this weekend, but at the Altona St. Albans game, uh, they're up on the scaffolding, sorry, the scaffolding out there in Altona, but the commentator was in the frame a couple of times as well, pan to the corner and you just see a guy there holding his notes and a microphone and just blocking out the corner flag and you're like, ah, this is uh, quite semi-professional. So not only polls in NPL broadcast and other miscellaneous subjects, but commentators as well. So shout out to that. I kind of would like it if we did, if we ever did commentary, which we shouldn't because we don't know anything about football, um, like a, an almost Twitch stream of it. So we can be like in the bottom right-hand corner in front of a green screen. So we're commentating, but we're also part of the action. I think that would be the level of coverage of NPL that would be fitting for us. Sort of like uh, online game streaming. Yeah, Twitch. Yeah. It's explicitly Twitch. Great. Um, um, last one, Brian? Yeah, uh, you before uh, half an hour ago doing the show, uh, we've got a cameras on. So it, it helps us to not talk over each other. Um, sometimes we still do that. We, we do try our best to avoid it. Uh, sometimes it just happens, you know. Sometimes Bran's confused about what's red hot, white hot, blue hot. Um, but uh, so the cameras are on. And as I was talking through one of the games, I spotted you, mate, with uh, your phone out taking a selfie of you. Had a, you had a big cheesy grin on. Um, the, the screens and the recording equipment, I assume, was in, it was in the photo. So uh, what was that one for? Who, what, what? Instagram? Sending it to mum? Just for Instagram. Just um, had a date on Saturday night. Oh. And was just like, you know what? This is my life on a Monday. 
you know, so we're in the honeymoon period. So she gets to she gets to now learn that I have a really shitty semi-professional soccer podcast. That's not a first oh. date territory thing. <laughs> that's, a, that's a save that one for for later. So yeah, just had to show off the um aesthetically pleasing desk mm. and aesthetically pleasing friend as well, Branson. Oh. Aesthetic, a, 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 aesthetically pleasing kit bag. As well, hey, you know, Blackburn exactly. Rovers. No, I'm sure she'd uh, appreciate that. Ninety four. If I get a response that is, is that a 1994 Blackburn Rovers kit? Ooh. Then I will be shocked, shocked Mate, and stunned. I I would like that if that was uh, if that was the response, which leads us nicely into our next segment, which is the what we like segment. Mate, you go first. What'd you see? Um, I really liked Suarez winning La Liga with Atletico Madrid after Barcelona letting him go, saying he's too shit to win a league. Mm -hmm. And them letting him go for free. I think there was also they were subsidizing his wages at Atletico Madrid as well. Yeah. yeah. Real peak Barca being bad in the transfers. And he scored the second goal that won it for them. It was a cracking game too. Really good. So, I mean, I know Suarez is Suarez is divisive and even as a Liverpool fan, I just don't think that anyone who uh, on multiple occasions bites people or is found guilty of racism should be mm. held in high regard. Mm. But there is something infectious and lovable I do have about him that he's just obviously one of those hyper-competitive people. It's not an excuse, but... I do have a soft spot for him, and it was kind of nice to see Barcelona get their just desserts for writing someone who is very good off too early. Yep, um, and I like that it wasn't Real Madrid or Barcelona who won it. You know, just another slap in the face to the Super League. It's like go get stuffed, eh? Um, so yeah, big fan of Atletico Madrid winning it, even though if I'm not as big a fan of of Luis Suarez as you, but. Anyway, uh, one thing that I saw that I like, the scenes at the Thunder game after they equalised. We talked about it before. Um, it's it's almost comical. It's almost something that you'd like see in a animated Disney movie or something where it's just like the goal goes in and then you just see a flood, two streams of people, one from behind the goal, one down the sideline because Bernardo runs to the corner flag. So you just see two streams of Dandenong Thunder away fans just running as fast as they can towards the flag. And it really is comical. It's it's it a lot to it as well. It adds a lot to that goal celebration, seeing oh. so much going on in frame. Because you often go, yeah. oh, everyone's going wild. Everyone was going wild. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, you know, there were people carrying flags or whatever. It's just really cool to see. I really, really, really liked that. Uh, another thing that we mentioned, we talked about, obviously, Atletico winning... La Liga, I like that PSG did not win the French League. They lost, they finished second. Lille won the title, their fourth title in their history. Fantastic. I mean, PSG, don't have a lot of love for them. I really don't. Just the money that they, I think they'd won nine of the, before this year, I think they'd won, sorry, eight of the last nine French League titles. Monaco won one in there. So it's just good to see other teams do well and considering how much money PSG spent, uh, you know, like some of the players they've got, like it's just ridiculous. So it's good to see, you know, a a, a regular club actually knock them off and win the league. So well done, Lil. Congratulations. Love to see it. And we are obviously in a bit of a chaotic period of world football, 
But I'm almost looking at it as an opportunity to go, it doesn't have to be like how it's going. You know, like with very little tweaking of the systems, we can have more competitive leagues. We can have more upsets. You know, you've just got to not have these super clubs, you know, or even then super clubs does not guarantee success. You know, there is a point where and we'll see it in the FFA Cup as we progress further through. It's like there's... For mine, not much separating some of the A-League teams from some of the NPL Victoria teams, and that'll be really exciting to see. So, Bran, I'm going to jump in. Similar to your one around the Thunder fans running, I just saw that bicycle kick was great. It was one that I saw in message threads and sent to friends and everyone got up and about with it. Love a good bicycle kick goal. Love it in the NPL. Very good. Bran, your last one. Melbourne City winning the Premier's Plate. That was fantastic. Uh, big Melbourne City fan, so it was good to see them win their first piece of A-League silverware on Saturday night. Very dramatic night um, with, uh, what was it, the first goal, second goal ruled out from VAR, stoppage time penalty that was then cancelled. Uh, I was in the active area. I was doing a shit ton of yelling. That is why I have lost my voice and I sound a bit husky, but it was great just to be there, be amongst it. Apparently I was, my face was on TV quite a lot. Um, I got a bunch of texts from people saying that they saw me, so I I don't know why. I'm happy on TV. Like, more often than not, it's you looking despondent at Melbourne City losing quarter semifinals, anything. It was good to see you happy on television for once, Brad. I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. It was also good just to catch up with all the Melbourne City fans. Saw Regan, saw Mike Misford, saw a bunch of other people there as well. Alexander Jason, who we mentioned before. So a lot of City fans who are all equally City happy. So this isn't an A-League podcast and, you know, so we won't get too too bogged down in it. But uh, very much enjoyed that night. It was very good. Had a good time. I love how you're like, this is not an A-League podcast. Let's not get bogged down in it. My next item for things we liked is... I've started to wake up early in the morning to watch movies because it's a bit too cold to go for a run. And I watched When Harry Met Sally on Friday, and that is just nailed on one of the greatest rom-coms I've ever seen. Branson, if you haven't seen it, which I know you haven't because you haven't seen any good films, it's so good. So just I watched When Harry Met Sally, a classic Rob Reiner film. Don't regret it. I liked that out of my week, Bran. Great. Fantastic. I love it. You know, the podcast are already running long, so that means we haven't got time for me to explain what that movie that you are correct. I absolutely haven't seen and also have no idea what it would be about. Yeah, you'll get it from the title. Nah, 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 we're, nah, no time. No time. We're moving on. I'm moving it on. I'm, I'm, I'm putting my foot down this week. I'm saving myself from potential embarrassment because we are going long, mate. We're going to talk about the next weekend of NPL Victoria action coming up. Match day. Our tips. We've got to do our tips with them. So read them one at a time. We'll do our tips because I don't want to circle back through them. Right. Love it. Run sheep podcast planning happening live on air. This is fantastic. All right. First game, Friday night. Well, we've gone so long that people have switched off. Right. Well, let's power through them. Friday night, Knights against Port. Ooh, Knights. Yeah. Oh. Nah, we've said Knights. We've said it. I agree. We're moving on. Green Gully taking on St. Albans, also on Friday night. Green Gully, for sure. Yep, I reckon. Backing you on that. Uh, another big Friday night game. Oakley Cannons taking on Avondale FC. What do you reckon here, mate? 
at Oakley. Oh, did you say Oakley? No, I said at Oakley. Sorry. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Avondale for that one just because I've got no rationale behind it, but I'm just going to go Avondale. Well, they're, they're top of the, the top of the table, and Oakley and not. Yeah, uh, that's the as good a rationale as any. Uh, next one, Dandy City against Dandy Thunder. What do you think? Dandy Derby is oh. going to be Dandy Thunder, and it is going to be a shocking loss for Dandy City, and I think there might be some knee-jerk reactions that happen after it. Just wow. So. I'm not saying sacked manager. I'm not wow. saying that at all. I'm saying that there's going to be a knee-jerk reaction. It might be that they dip in and bring in some new players or, they, I don't know, do something. Great. All right. Well, we're tipping the Thunder to beat City. Totally agree. Bentley taking on Eastern Lions on the Saturday, the first of the Saturday games, 5 o'clock. Uh, surely, Bentley. Surely. This would be wild if it was anything other than that. Yeah. But it is going to be Bentley. But I would not be remiss of saying a draw in there somewhere. Ooh. You think the Lions wild, have a chance? Wild. I know it's wild, but yeah, it's probably going to be Bentley, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was a draw. All right, uh, another Saturday night game, 6.30, Altona taking on Hume. Surely Hume. I think it's Hume. Yep. I, mean, I would almost I, say don't even bother rocking up Altona. I just, they've done absolutely nothing to warrant a tip. Until they win a game, um, we cannot tip them ever. So, yep, happy with Hume City, which brings us to the final game of the round, Saturday night, 7 o'clock. Massive South Melbourne taking on Heidelberg United. Who are we going for in this one, mate? This is going to be huge. I'm going for football in this one. Football is going to be the real winner out of this. Oh, yeah, you bet. Big Greek derby, Saturday night, Lakeside. What more could you want? Yeah, um, chance, chance for the winner to go top as well. Which really makes me think it's going to be a draw. 2 2. I, I think it'll be a draw as well. I think it'll be tight. I think. Uh, Heidelberg won in week one uh, on a ball that came, uh, went in the back of the net off Harrison Soy's back. So I think it's going to be, yeah. I think it's going to be a tight game. I'd be leaning towards South if I had to, if you twisted my arm. But I do think draw is what it's going to, uh, what it's going to be. But those are our tips. So just recapping, we're tipping the Knights, Green Gully, Avondale, Dandy Thunder, Bentley, Hume, and then a draw between South Melbourne and Heidelberg. Very quickly, mate, the NPLW. Match day eight will be going on this weekend as well. We've got Alamein taking on Calder United Saturday at 3 p.m. Saturday at 4 p.m., another big clash south. Melbourne facing off against Bulleen. That will be prior to the South Melbourne uh, Heidelberg MPL men's game as well. On Sunday, 3 o'clock, FV Emerging taking on Heidelberg United. And then on Sunday at 3.10, the Triangles against Bayside. Bayside. Uh, on the bottom of the table, still without a win. Box Hill in seventh with only one win. So it could be Bayside's best chance yet to to get into the win column, mate. Very nice. Um, Brand bumper episode, mid-season report card. Loved it. We should do it every mid-season. Oh, no. um, look, let's finish this one up. I'm at Chambershire on Instagram. You are at Branson Gibson on Twitter. We are at SemiProPotty on Twitter and Instagram. Um, as always, thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this. Look, we just love talking about MPL Victorian football. If you have any questions, shoot them through to us. We do have reviews. I haven't checked our reviews in a while, so if you want to get a negative review in, you can probably get it read out on the show, which would be quite funny. 
Um, look, again, Match Week 13 episode, job done. Thank you very much for joining this bumper episode of the Semi-Pro Podium.